Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Dancing now. Aztecs, that's who's dancing. Jim Nance's last call uh, for uh, CBS and, of course, the Final Four and, uh, and, and uh, you know, well, of course, uh, Monday will be the championship and, and he'll be on that call. But uh, his last call in regard to a Final Four and, and, and in such great fashion, right, considering that we were blessed to see a buzzer beater. San Diego State uh, beats FAU. FAU did cover now. I was leaning towards San Diego State. Uh, the line was two. So obviously FAU covered, but what an unbelievable buzzer beater by Lamont Butler. Um, and, and let's give credit where credit's due in regard to, um, you know, San Diego state and, and their coaching staff, not calling time out. I think that really threw FAU a curveball there. I think they were expecting FAU to call a timeout and they had a timeout. Um, and their head coach, uh, came out and said, yeah, I had a timeout. I just didn't have a play drawn up. So I was just like, uh, oh, let's just, let's see what they're going to do. But I, I really, I, I think it was tongue in cheek. I think it was more strategic. I think FAU really thought like they're going to call a timeout and they didn't. Lamont Butler drains that three, not a three pointer, but that jump shot uh, for them, of course, to win it at the buzzer 72 to 71. So, um, and, and keep in mind, FAU was up at some point by 14 points. 14 points at the half. They were up 40 to 33. Um, I had some, some people over last night and, and we were watching the game and, you know, it's when you got people over, obviously you're talking, you know, you're socializing. So, you know, you're, you're what you're trying to watch the game, but you're talking, you're socializing and I just did not get a good feeling with the San Diego state team throughout uh, the game. It's, it's unbelievable to me that they did win with that buzzer beater because this is a San Diego state team. Uh, really their bread and butter uh, was defense and is defense, right? Top five defense coming into the tournament uh, for the season. They held their opponents to 56 points or less in the tournament. They were holding their opponents to 65 points or less. Probably my favorite stat coming in was that they held Alabama and Creighton combined to only three, three pointers Heck, Creighton shot 40% for the field, but only 11%. From behind the arc, they were two of seventeen, and um, and so I felt like, wow, you know, big reason why I, I I had a lean towards San Diego State. My my favorite play here was the under at one thirty one, one thirty one and a half. Obviously, uh, did not win that wager because San Diego State allowed FAU to put up seventy one points, the most points that they've allowed all season long, and FAU came out with a really great game plan, right? Their ball movement, uh, being able to, to really uh, put their, their shooters, uh, their players in, in giving them good looks uh, on the basket and were able to score. So uh, for a while there, I, I just I did not feel that San Diego State was going to pull this off, especially FAU with a 14-point lead and San Diego State and their defense nowhere close to what we've seen all season long. But man, 
uh, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what an unbelievable game that was to watch. And, and this is, this is why, obviously, you know, this is why we call it March Madness, right? It's, it's really spectacular. So what happened? San Diego State now advances, uh, and they were sitting back and, and waiting to see and, and watching who was going to be the winner of UConn and University of Miami. And UConn doing UConn Husky things and just bulldozing people. Uh, really, that's what they, that, <laughs> they beat University of Miami 72 to 59, right? So, and this is University of Miami. They came in fifth best offense in college basketball. Four players were averaging 20 points, if not more. Arguably one of the best coaches in college basketball. You know, yes, Nigel, Nigel Pack apparently had a busted shoe. So he was on the bench for about five minutes more than I think they would have liked for him. He only played 31 minutes, quote-unquote, only. Typically averages anywhere to 34 to 36. He only put up eight points, but is, is, would that have made the difference? I don't think so. This, this UConn team is so damn good. Um, their defense is... like, and, and I said this, if you watch me on Daily Wager earlier this week, uh, I did like UConn. I was, I was laying the five and a half. Um, I, I just feel like they're the team they check all the boxes right? Like offensively, pick your poison. You know, if, if you want to, if you want to try to take Sonogo out of the game plan, fine. Uh, they've got sharpshooters on the perimeter. You know, you want to play good perimeter defense, fine. Let's feed it into Sonogo. 21 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks yesterday, which by the way, and I think it was a very interesting storyline and wasn't, I was waiting for CBS to talk about it. Uh, and, and they did not, but, um, but Sonogo, uh, he, um, Ramadan was, was he, what's the word I'm looking for? Not acknowledged it, but, um, observed it. So he, he, he was a 24 hour fast from sundown to sun, to sun, sun up. Right. And, um, well not 12, what, 12 hours. Right. How, what, by the way, we, we've got Joe and, uh, and Tom who are producing the show. Uh, do the math for me guys. Regardless, Sonogo was fasting. And by the time, apparently, you know, you could find out exactly when the sun rises, when the sun sets. Apparently, he only had 10 minutes to consume something. And so he consumed coconut water and some fruit about 10 minutes before tip-off, where he had been fasting for several hours. So that was pretty interesting. And, and here he, he walks away with 21 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocked shots against University of Miami. And then Hawkins was dealing with a stomach flu, did not go to the shoot-around. And he was able to put up 13 points, uh, three of seven from behind the arc. So even though, you know, some some interesting, concerning storylines heading into this matchup, with UConn favored by five and a half, they still pulled it out. So uh, they had five blocks, 19 assists. At the end of the day, I just don't feel that UConn was a four seed. I I just don't. I I think it was an inaccurate seeding. Uh, they should have been, in my opinion, a two seed, possibly a one. Of course, they weren't going to get that over Kansas, but nonetheless. And to come out of that region uh, was <clears throat> uber impressive. So now you've got UConn going up against San Diego State. Uh, they will tip off tomorrow night, Monday night. It's late, as always. I want to say like 9.40, 9.45 tip off. I know it's late. It is what it is. UConn is favored, by the way. Seven and a half. The over-under is 132. 
That's what the odds makers have that matchup. And boy, is it going to be a good one. Uh, quick break. We come back. We'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. Who do you have uh, winning the national championship? Are you even giving San Diego State an opportunity to upset UConn, who's just been bulldozing people since this tournament began? I, I can't be sure. I might lay the seven and a half, guys. I just might. I, I think really the play here is the under. When we get back, I'll tell you all the reasons why. Also, uh, we've got Greeny, who's going to be joining us on the show, coming your way in about 15 minutes. He's got a book signing later on today, 2 o'clock in Ridgewood, New Jersey at Book Ends. So excited to get Greeny on. We'll, we'll hear about his book signing. Also, we'll talk to him about the uh, the Final Four in the championship. Masters week. We know Greeny loves golf. So excited to get his pick for the Masters and a lot more. So um, also coming your way, Bill Barnwell is going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour talking some NFL. Nick Friedel, who covers the NBA, will join us as well, talking some Knicks as well as Nets. With you until 1230 this afternoon, leading into the Rangers-Capitals game. You'll be able to hear that pregame show right here on 90.7 ESPN and, of course, the game itself. So uh, we'll get your calls next, 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on the Sunday Funday here on 98.7. ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Uh, Again, we've got uh, Joe and Tom producing the show. Gentlemen, good morning, good morning. I'm assuming you watched both games last night, yes? I saw some snippets of uh, both games. I saw the buzzer beater live. I was very proud of that. And then before I went to bed, I saw UConn was trampling uh, Miami. So then I felt pretty safe that uh, that score was going to hold up. So I saw that, didn't see the final. Like- and you said, you, I'm sorry, really quick, Tom, you said you had, who, do you ha- who did you have coming out? Of for your final four, you you picked one of these four teams, right? I did. I actually picked San Diego State in my original bracket. Um, I felt a little gutsy doing that. I picked them over Bama, and I forget who else was in their region, but I did have them in the final four in my other bracket. I was high on UConn, but I was an idiot, and I still had them losing in the round of 32 for whatever reason. So 
hit or, hit and miss sometimes with these March Madness brackets. Mm. Joe, I I know this was this was. I'm curious if this is kind of bittersweet in some regard because I know you went to, to Iona. I was really big on Iona. I told you I just don't like the fact that they got UConn uh, in that round of 64. I, I really wish that the seating would have been different. You thought Iona could upset UConn, but now that they've made it this far, is it is it less of a burn? It is less of a burn. It's kind of that, you know, if if you lose the eventual champion, you don't feel as bad because they did go on to win the whole thing. But, you know, I've actually kind of went back on the UConn bandwagon. As you know, I was not high on them at all going into the mm-hmm. tournament. But uh, the way that Danny Hurley has gotten his guys up for each game, and he's kind of right with the way that he's said, you know, if you play us for the first time, it could be very, very jarring. And I assume that's going to be the same for the championship game with San Diego State. But to me, I don't know how you can count out San Diego State with the amount of experience that they have on their roster. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of veteran senior leadership. Uh, which definitely, I, I think, went a long way yesterday uh, by them being down 14 points to FAU, not getting rattled, and believing that they could come back and win it. And sure enough, they did. Uh, let's give a shout-out to the ladies. Why? Their championship is this afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Iowa going up against LSU. Uh, Caitlin Clark was just absolutely sensational. Uh, on Friday night, I was hosting our uh, our wager show, We Can Wager Here, and so I was trying to multitask, hosting the show and watching her uh, put up the 41 points against South Carolina, arguably, not arguably, the best team in the country, arguably the best defense in the country, and it was just, she just put on an absolute clinic. Hands down, regardless of gender, gender um, in my opinion, one of the best performances in college basketball history. Can she repeat it today against LSU? I don't know. This is a team, Iowa, they average 87 points a game. When they put up 57 points or more, they're 31 in six. Meanwhile, they're going up against LSU, uh, not chopped liver, uh, especially especially with um, with Angel Reese, a.k.a. the Bayou Barbie, who averages 23 points a game and 15 rebounds. This is an LSU team. When they put up 71 points or more, they are 26 and 0. Iowa is favored here at minus three and a half. And I'm sure a big reason for that is because of Caitlin Clark and uh, the country will be watching and uh, the world will be watching uh, because she has gone global. That's for sure. Uh, But here's here's what my concern is when it comes to Iowa. Beating South Carolina. Could they bring that type? How quickly can they turn it around from the celebration, the excitement, the adrenaline, and turn that around, refocus on LSU this afternoon at 3.30. It's a quick turnaround. So I just have some concerns there. For me, I think the play here is the over at 160.5. Who knows? Uh, we'll talk to we'll talk to Greeny about Caitlin Clark as well. So uh, sit tight. We get back. Greeny will be joining us next right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, this uh, this game tip off tomorrow night at 9:20 p.m. Eastern time. UConn is favored by seven and a half. The over under is 132. And uh, so a few things here. Uh, number one, you know, San Diego State has been able obviously to do just enough offensively to win in advance, right? Against Alabama, against Creighton. Now against FAU. Not that FAU came in. You know, their defense ranked 20th in college basketball uh, coming into this tournament. Alabama was third best. Creighton was 14th best coming in. So, um, you know, UConn, to me, will be their biggest and most difficult opponent defensively. And UConn has done such a phenomenal job. Why? They're just head and shoulders better, in my opinion, than everyone else, right? They've got the length and they have the athleticism. I believe I'm, I'm being told that we... We do have Mike Greenberg, Greeny, joining us now. Uh, Greeny, good morning. How are you? I am well. I need a long time no see. How have you been? I'm great. I'm great. I know I don't see you anymore because I'm not at the seaport. I get to work from home, which is nice because I get to spend more time with my dogs, which uh, I see <laughs> on social media. Your dog is taking very good care of you, my friend. <laughs> she is, as usual. You know, I've had a, sort of some ups and downs the last few months and in particular the last couple of weeks health-wise and it was not lost on me that Phoebe was by my side every minute of the day and she's got a big book signing today and I'm just going to go accompany her she's she's the star of the show today in New Jersey and I'm, I'm just going to go along for the ride and make sure nothing happens I love it I love it again Greeny is going to be in Ridgewood New Jersey today 2 p.m. Uh, at bookends uh, for his book signing of Got Your Number. So let's start right there, Greeny. Kind of share with us what is this book about and um, why should should people come out, of course, besides to see your dog? Well, yeah, first and foremost, people should come to see Phoebe. Um, that's by far <laughs> the most important part of today. Um, as far as the book is concerned, I, you know, Anita, I've written a few books before, but I've never done a sports book, and I've always wanted to. But the reason I never did is because I never had a good enough idea. And then one day, and you know most of the people who work on the Get Up show, we, we were sitting around the staff after the show one day, and because we're just a bunch of sports geeks, the conversation turned to the fact that so many Hall of Fame quarterbacks all wore the jersey number 12, Namath, Bradshaw, Staubach, Greasy, Jim Kelly, and soon to be Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And someone in the room said, yeah, Greeny, they all wore number 12, but who owns the number 12? And literally in that second, a light bulb went off over my head. And so that is what the book is. I decided um, with the help of, of Hembo, who has been doing research for me now for 10 years and all the outstanding work he did on this book, who owns every number in sports history from 1 to 100? And um, most of them are jersey numbers. They're not limited to jersey numbers. 
Some of the decisions that we made were pretty tough and tight because I'll give you an example. If you were, if this was Anita's book and I told you you have to choose number 21 and you would either have to choose Tim Duncan, Deion Sanders, or Roberto Clemente, who would you say owns the number 21? I'd say Roberto. Okay. Well, that is what we chose. It was, yes. a, it was a very difficult <laughs> choice, though. So we had to do a hundred of those. Um, and so the book is partly that. It is sports debate. But then it is also sports history, whether you agree or disagree with any of the choices that we made. I wrote 100 chapters. They're, they're each about two or three pages, so they're very snackable. You can sit down and read one or two anytime you want. Um, and I absolutely promise that even someone who knows as much about sports as you do or I do or anyone else listening, that there will be at least 100 times, meaning at least once per chapter that you will say, wow, I didn't know that about Babe Ruth or about Jesse Owens or about any of the other, even even for the New York audience, the Derek Jeter or, um, you know, Joe DiMaggio or any of the Lawrence Taylor or any of the other New York legends who are in the book. So it's equal parts um, sports history and sports debate. And hopefully people will have fun with it. I love it. It sounds great. Uh, my number plane was always eight and I was somewhat uh, obnoxious in the pa- in, in the fact that I'd say, well, I'm not playing for your team unless I get the number eight. And it wasn't about buying the number from someone. I'm curious, Cal Ripken, is he your number eight in the book? The number eight in the book is Kobe Bryant. Um, and there you go. And that was a very tough one um, because Kobe's career was, is really divided actually directly into two parts. Um, he played half his career as number eight and half his career as number 24. Right. And so we wound up giving Kobe eight and Willie Mays 24. Um and those were very difficult. Look, that's a tough one, because to your point, Yogi Berra wore number eight, and Cal Ripken wore number eight, and Kobe and so many other. There were a lot of really good options there, but um, it, it did not feel like I could do this book. Look, it, it, any of them would have been easily justifiable choices. And, and one of the things I'm looking forward to is people having at it with me. We will do as much debate over <laughs> this today in the bookstore as anyone wants to do Um, And then we'll do it on the radio as the week goes on. But that was one of the toughest decisions that we had to make. I love it. Again, Greeny will be in Ridgewood, New Jersey today at two o'clock. Book ends. Uh, So make sure you head out there. Got Your Number is his book. Get it autographed. Uh, And it sounds like it's it's fantastic. Before we let you go, do you have some time to uh, talk about some of the hot topics? I have as much time as you want. I've I've done nothing but watch tournament. I, I heard as you were getting ready to bring me on that you were talking about the final four. And, and I will say this, that because, um, you know, I mentioned that I, I had this little health procedure and all of that. And so I, I was pretty much just stuck on a couch um, for almost all of, of this year's March Madness. So I have watched more of the games this year, both men's and women's, than in any other year that I can remember. And I think it's has been as good as any year that I've ever seen, in particular on the men's side. And then obviously the Caitlin Clark story, amongst the women is one of the most incredible things that we've ever seen. So March Madness never lets us down. And I think this year has been as good as any year I can think of. I'm with you. Uh, You know, a lot of people feel that because it has not gone chalk. Uh, It has not been as good, but I I totally disagree. I'm with you. San Diego State, uh, that thrilling buzzer beater last night to take care of FAU 72-71. UConn has just been steamrolling over people. Greeny, I feel that they just were not seeded properly. To me, they were not a four seed, but nonetheless, they take care of University of Miami, 72 to 59. Now, these two will meet late tomorrow night. UConn is favored by seven and a half. 
a lot of points to give to a UConn team. But again, they've just been, you know, destroying folks. Are you giving San Diego State and their defense a shot here, Greeny? You have to give them a shot because if there's anything that we've seen in this tournament, it is that the unexpected is what you should expect to happen. But I certainly expect Connecticut to win. I totally agree with you. They were underseeded. And and as evidenced by the fact that while this was the stunning Final Four and almost no one had Miami and almost no one had San Diego State and certainly no one had Florida Atlantic, almost, well, not almost everyone, I, I think Connecticut might have been as popular a pick as any of the options were coming out of their bracket. So they're that good, and I definitely expect them to win. Last night's game, that first game was unbelievable. And I'll tell you what I, what I, I finally, I think I saw some pictures today that put this out of my head, but the kid Butler who makes the shot at the very end, he came within about an eighth of an inch of stepping out of bounds on that play. Mm -hmm. And imagine the conversations that we would be having this morning. If that, if the replay or, you know, all of the, the photos that we've now seen show that he did actually step out of bounds in, in a, you know, for a team that already got the benefit of one very controversial call to get where they are now. So um, that, that just sort of is what it is. Um, it was it was great fun to watch. And, and I but to go back to your original question, I expect Connecticut to win tomorrow night and I expect them to win pretty easily. Yes, I'd lay the seven and a half. Also, the over under is one thirty two. UConn's defense is so good. We know how great San Diego State's defense is. Did not look great in the first half of the game last night against FAU, but I do like the under here at 132. Later on today, 330, uh, you'll be on your way home, hopefully, from your book signing, uh, and can take in Iowa going up against LSU, the women's championship. As you said, Caitlin Clark has just been magnificent. 41 points against South Carolina. Iowa's favored here at minus minus three and a half, and the over-under is 160 and a half. Here's my thing, Greeny. It's such a quick turnaround, right? Like, you just have, like... um, you, David and Goliath, right? You have just climbed Mount Everest. How do you turn mm-hmm. around to beat LSU in the championship after such a euphoric experience against South Carolina? I, as much as I love Caitlin Clark, I, my gut's telling me LSU's got a good shot here, Greeny. I, I, I like the thinking. You know, I'm think, what year was it that Mississippi State, um, or was it South Carolina? Who was it that beat UConn on that shot at the very end? when UConn hadn't lost a game in like three years um, and, and they hit a, a bucket at the buzzer in the semifinal to knock out UConn. I want to say this was like 16 or 17. Um, and now it, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, I think it was Mississippi State. Either way, it doesn't matter. The, perp- the point is a similar thing happened. The last time we had this Goliath falling, the team that beat them, having just quote-unquote won their Super Bowl, turned around two days later and won the championship. So, We've seen it happen before. I think Caitlin Clark is the best player on the floor. And, and, and generally speaking, um, when someone has a player like that, it, we, look, we just saw her carry this team through the best team in the country and maybe the best team we've seen in the sport in five years. So I wouldn't put anything past her. But I agree, to get, to get yourself up for a game, particularly with it coming in the afternoon, like there's just something about not having the day to get themselves ready for it. So I'm with you. I'm looking forward to watching it. We certainly should get home at least for the second half. And I'm excited to watch it, and I'm excited for all of the attention that the tournament has generated this year. I wish that that game – there's a part no, – with no disrespect to LSU at all. I wish that game Friday night had been the championship, um, you know, meaning I wish they had been on a collision course to meet today. 
for the title because I, I that I think the build up to that game was so spectacular. The the one mighty team against the one transcendent star. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching it either way. And I agree with you. Usually when a team wins at Super Bowl, it can be very hard to turn around and play another game in 36 hours. Greeny, again, I could keep you for hours. You know that I love talking to you about sports, uh, hence our time in the makeup room at the seaport. Uh, two quick <laughs> things really quick before I let you go. Um, number one, no, I, I, feel, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, the Masters. Right. Uh, A tradition unlike any other kicks off this week. You and I, avid golfers, live, sleep, die, everything golf. Uh, This is a very special week, especially this season. Right. There's so many storylines. Right, Greedy. You've got Scotty Scheffler and Rom who are just playing unbelievable golf. Spieth, I think, really could make some noise here. The live players finally back in the clubhouse in the locker room with the PGA Tour players. Rory trying to complete the Grand Slam. So two-part question. Number one, can Tiger make the cut? Number one, what is your most, what, what's the one storyline you're most looking forward to see play out? And number two, who do you have winning the Masters this, this season? Okay, so let's start with Tiger. I mean, obviously the dream scenario is that Tiger has a really good weekend. And I am on record as saying that I think that he will give us at least one more unforgettable weekend somewhere along the line in his lifetime it doesn't mean it has to be this weekend but i think this is the golf course it stands to reason that whenever that day comes whether it's this year or next or sometime in the oh he's got realistically speaking probably another six or seven years um before it just gets to be definitively too late um i think this is the golf course where it'll happen so i wouldn't put it past him to give us something really special this weekend, obviously, nor would I bet on it. As far as the live, that, that is, to me, the fascinating piece of this is to watch this. And I said this on the radio the other day, Anita. Um, look, I don't hold it against uh, certainly Phil Mickelson or even the younger guy, you know, Bubba and all these other guys whose days of winning had long since come and gone, or even guys like Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka who are still essentially in their prime. Um, if, if someone says, here, I'm going to give you five times the amount of money that you otherwise are going to make, and I'm going to have one-fifth of the amount of pressure on you to make it, it's very hard for me to say that they shouldn't take it. That said, I don't know what exactly it is, but I was literally right before I called in here, I was reading a story about um, about uh, DeChambeau talking about how Tiger isn't speaking to him now and, how he hopes they can put their relationship back together again after the live thing. I said this on Friday, while I do not begrudge them doing whatever it is they feel is in their own best interest, there is a part of me that is really hoping to see them just get wiped out. Like I know a lot of people think the dream scenario is like Kepka or Cam Smith walking down the, 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 the fairway with, um, you know, let's say with Rory on Sunday. To me, my dream scenario is seeing them all get blitzed. I don't know why. For some reason, I'm just hoping that they, the, the PGA Tour guys just annihilate them starting on Thursday. I, I, don't, I can't, again, I can't tell you why I'm rooting for that, but that is definitively what I'm rooting for. As far as who I like, I mean, I could give you a list of all the obvious names. I think that eventually Rory McIlroy is going to win there. Um, so that feels this, why not? I mean, if there's ever a time, why not? I, I, I love Thomas. I love speed. Rom is playing better than, well, I guess Scheffler is playing better than anybody. Rom is going to win there too. 
So I think if you're, if you're asking me for a pick right now, and this probably wouldn't get me a lot of action, like it, uh, what I'd like to do is I haven't looked at the odds, figure out who it is I'd like to pick that might be a little tasty as far as the numbers are concerned, because I'm assuming Rom has got to be the favorite or the second favorite, but that's, that's who I would pick off the top of my head. Yes, yeah, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Rom, they're somewhere around 7-1. to one. Uh, Some long shots that I'm eyeing is uh, Shoffley, uh, Colin Morikawa and Tony Finau, and they're somewhere around 20, 20, 20 to 1, 22 to 1. That's that's who I'm looking at. Uh, last but not least, I've uh, always liked before- Shoffley. I mean, the shot, well, how many years ago was it that he hit that ball in the water on 16? And he hit the ball right where you can't hit it on Sunday. I think 2019. 16, I think 2019. Right yeah, that was tough. Yeah. I yep. like Shoffley. I, I mean, I you know, so he's proven he can play on that golf course. He's an interesting pick. I like that. Uh, and last but not least, we of course, we've, we've got to talk about your Jets, right? Um, and we are all on Roger's watch, which I'm sure you are as well, hearing Jeremy Fowler and a number of other people who've got their finger on the pulse of this scenario and this situation. Uh, sounds like the Green Bay Packers now have um, leaned off demanding that number 13 overall pick. Uh, who knows? It will be a second this year, a potential conditional second next year. However, this might play out. Some people feel that this very well could happen this week where Aaron Rodgers and that trade will go down. The Jets to win the Super Bowl, 14 to 1, to win the AFC uh-huh. and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, 9 to 1, to win the division over the, uh, the Bills and, and, and the Dolphins and the Patriots, plus 240. With that being said, uh, your thoughts on how good this Jets team could be with Aaron Rodgers and possibly, Greeny, Odell Beckham Jr., my friend. <laughs> it could be really good. I mean, the, the, the God's honest truth is they could be really good. The 13th pick is critical. Anita, I have been doing players while I was laid up. I did a ton of players. And I can tell anyone who is listening right now who hasn't really started focusing in on the draft yet, here's the way the draft is going to go on the first night. The first nine picks are all going to be quarterbacks and pass rushers. There's one corner everybody likes that maybe sneaks in there. But outside of that, they're going to be quarterbacks and pass rushers. And then there was going to be a run on offensive linemen. There are five, maybe six of them who I think you should expect to go between 10 and the early 20s. So 13 is right in the prime spot to get one of these guys, Paris Johnson from Ohio State or Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern or one of these guys. And that's who the Jets desperately want. You want to put that guy on the field in front of Rodgers because you just can't count on Mekhi Becton being healthy. So that's why the Jets are so desperately trying to hold on to that pick. And Mike Tannenbaum has told me that when he made the Brett Favre trade a generation ago, they had a conditional pick for the second year based upon how much Favre played, whether or not he played another season, and how many games the Jets won. There's certainly not a Jet fan within the sound of anybody's voice who wouldn't sign up right now to give them next year's number one pick if, say, uh, Rodgers won 12 games this year or 14 games or whatever number they attach to it. So uh, that's where I think the trade is, and I do believe that it will happen before the draft this year because the Packers are going to want whatever they're going to get that quickly. As far as how good they could be, I think they could be really good. I think the Dolphins top to bottom actually have the most talent in the division, but I think the the Dolphins have a far bigger question mark at quarterback than the Jets do if we get Rodgers. Well, certainly Rodgers comes with some questions about his dedication, about whether last year was a blip, about whether it was just a broken thumb, or about whether he really can look like the guy he was two years ago, much less ten years ago. So there are some questions. 
but not nearly as significant as the questions that exist about Tua's ability to stay healthy. So without Tua, Mike White is the quarterback of the Dolphins, and every Jet fan knows what that looks like. We're better than them if, if, if those are the circumstances. I think the Jets top to bottom actually could be better than Buffalo if we had Rodgers at quarterback. Allen is unbelievable, but I think the roster, the Jets' young talent is actually better and is definitively better than New England. So I think you put yourself into a place where there's a tier of teams. The AFC is murderer's row, right? I mean, you're talking about Mahomes in Kansas City and, and Burrow in Cincinnati. Uh, and, and with a healthy two of the Dolphins, I think, are as good as anybody. And obviously, Allen and Jacksonville is getting better, and the Chargers are getting better. There are a lot of really good teams. But I think the Jets with Rodgers are right on a level with any of them and would have a real shot of going to the Super Bowl for the first time in my conscious lifetime. I was one year old, the only time it's ever happened before. So I don't think that's hyperbole. I don't think that's overstating it. I'm not sitting here telling you it's a lock because I could see any of those teams doing it. But with Rodgers, I definitely could see us doing it. And this is the first time since 1999 that I have felt that way in the preseason, Anita. The year that Vinny tore his Achilles in, in the first half of the first game without being touched, the Jets were the best team in the NFL. And I, I think we had a real chance to win the Super Bowl that year. And it all went out the window week one. Since then, the Jets have not entered a season with the kind of chance in my mind to win the Super Bowl, to go to the Super Bowl, that they would have this year, assuming we do get Rodgers. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, and, and I'm sure you are so looking forward to it, Greeny. Again, Mike Greenberg joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Very special Saturday morning with him. He's got a book signing in Ridgewood, New Jersey today at 2 o'clock. At book ends. Head out there. Find out who him and Himbo Selected gets the overall number 12 jersey. Greeny, thank you so much. Feel better, my friend, and we so appreciate your time here. Thank you. Thanks, Anita. Nice to catch up. I'll see you soon. You got it. Mike Greenberg, again, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, What a treat. Uh, Let's regroup. We'll be right back. 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.